to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we will be delightfully taking a look back at Road America to try to see how we did and uh, recap some of the picks that we made, recap the race in general. It'll be a fun trip back to Sunday, that is for sure. And then we will look ahead to the race that's coming up this Sunday at Atlanta Motor Speedway, the second time NASCAR went there this year. And we'll break down what we're looking at as far as the stats, what we're expecting about this race, what we learned last time, all of that getting ready to make our picks for this weekend. So we'll talk about picks to win outright. As usual, we'll call out three people that we like to win the race. And then We'll get into some finishing position bets and some specials that we have available to us on specific sports books. So that will be uh, very fun to take a look at. This race coming up at Atlanta will definitely be fun. So we'll get to that in just a bit. And then after that is over, we are very happy to welcome on Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast. We are completing a home and home. That's right. I was on with flag hunting last week, and now Chris is joining me for Atlanta. He is very good at super speedways, and that's what Atlanta is nowadays. So uh, we are very happy to speak with Chris, and we'll do a group bet full tank face-off during that conversation. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about uh, among a bunch of other things that we spoke with Chris about. So jam-packed episode. Feels that way every week nowadays. That's how you know we're having fun. So uh, stay tuned for Chris towards the second half of this episode. So we'll take a look back first at Road America. And I'm very happy to do that. Why? Well, because Tyler Reddick is our winner at plus 2,500. You heard us talk about it on here. He was one of the guys we called out to win the race. We liked him a number of different ways on top of that. So it was great to see Tyler Reddick get it done. That's an absolutely huge hit. That's the second time this year that we've hit for a plus 2,500 number. I think it was Chastain, uh, either that number or greater at the first road course of the year which was Coda. So road courses have treated us well so far this year. we got a couple more to go. Hopefully that trend continues. So great to see Tyler Reddick get it done because we also had a season bet on him. Finally, you know, I got uh, had Speedway Steve out there on Twitter, you know, guests, uh, Phil and Steve, guests on the show multiple times. I know they were on that bet as well. We're all kind of high-fiving on Twitter on Sunday because hitting that .5 over was starting to feel a little sketchy, uh, as we'll talk about with Chris later on. But to have that hit, you know, halfway through the year, that's pretty damn good. I think I would have predicted it would have hit earlier in the season, coming off the, the year that they had last year. But hey, who cares? It's done with. We hit that and uh, feeling very good about Tyler Reddick. Good for him. They they 
were plus 2,500, and then after practicing qualifying, they dropped down to plus 1,200. So it's something to watch for. I'm going to try to keep my eyes on it. Maybe not this weekend because of the, the super speedway aspect to this race, but on road courses and regular oval tracks, it's something to watch for. People who start off as more of a longer shot or you know how people uh, improve or you know decrease their odds after practice and qualifying. Because clearly the sports books saw something that we were all seeing after you know they went out and performed really well on the the Saturday session. So um, even if you got him at plus twelve hundred, still a, a damn good hit to have Reddick hit that. Now it wasn't just him, you know. We had Chase uh, right behind him, finished second, and that's another thing about the Reddick victory was he went out and beat one of the best in the game at road courses. Chase Elliott was leading uh, most of the race, and Reddick went out and got it done. Not a fluky win. He went out and beat the the best in the game, really. So Chase Elliott was in second place, and I was on him as well, as we talked about, as the insurance play. And we also had him plus 700 to win the race and lead the most laps. So even if something were to happen to Reddick, I still would have cashed in, just wouldn't have been that large of a ticket compared to plus 2,500. But still, I was feeling pretty good. Uh Got to admit, when Austin Dillon had his brake issue and he was kind of struggling to get off the track and not cause a caution, I was feeling a little bit. Now, I did not get a chance to watch the race uh, officially throughout the whole race because, like I said on Twitter and on the pod last week, I had a 4th of July party that we went to. There were no TVs in sight. Uh, we were in the pool a lot of the time, playing some bago, you know, having some fun as uh, you should for the 4th of July party. But did not watch any of the race until we got in the car to go home and tuned in, and there was about eight laps to go, so we fired it up on the old phone. Uh, my wife had it on uh, in her hand. She wouldn't let me hold it as I was driving, so it was probably responsible there on her part, but uh, was celebrating when uh, they did not call the caution for Dylan, and they let Reddick go all the way to the end, because who knows what chaos would have unfolded if uh, they did throw that caution. Feeling good with the the one-two, but they throw that caution, could have really gotten burned there uh, on a restart. So very happy with the way that played out. But in addition to that, we had an absolutely monster day on top of the victory for the outright because we had all sorts of parlays that hit. We called out two parlays on Instagram that morning, and both of those hit, so felt great about that. But uh, on this podcast, we talked about including Chase and Chastain in a top five for plus 300. That hit. Then the day of, we added Larson to the mix. So Chase, Larson, and Chastain in the top five, plus 500. That hit. We called out Michael McDowell for a top 10. That hit. Chris Buescher for a top 10. That hit. Then in DraftKings, they had the ability to loop up McDowell and Busher to both finish in the top 10 for a parlay. And that hit. So it was just unbelievable what kind of a, a weekend we had, feeling very great about everything. I mean, the only thing that did not hit for us was our tool hangers bet of the week. We called out Chevy to win. And or, no, excuse me, we called out Hendrick to win, not Chevy. So, uh, you know, Chase finishing right behind him with Larson in tow. Uh, just missed yet again on the, the, Tool hangers better of the week, but hey, you know, we had a huge week, so I'll take it, and we'll, we'll try to rebound this week. We're going with a head-to-head pick for the, the better of the week this time. Try to make it, you know, even more simplistic, uh, try to get a, a victory there. So we'll get to that later on, but 
can't speak uh, more happy about the way Road America unfolded. So now it's just about will they bring that track back next year or will they kick that to the, the curb? Um, you know, watching the highlights of the race, it didn't seem like it was that compelling, you know, to keep that on the schedule and in favor of uh, not doing a road course at Chicago like they keep rumoring about. But we'll see. Overall, you know, if they go back there, I'll be very excited because we had a, a great week. So very happy with the results that happened at Road America. And that's a perfect time to have such a, a big hitting week because we're getting into Atlanta this week. So we'll transition now into the talk about the upcoming race this Sunday. And I am super pumped for this race because, and I don't think I ever would have said that, you know, previous years, right? Atlanta, normal Atlanta. This is more of a, you know, hey, cookie cutter track almost a mile and a half. And, you know, it's a tire wear situation, but Atlanta with the repave, the reconfiguration going into it the first time. There was a lot of question marks, right? They tried to make it a super speedway type of race. And, you know, coming into it, I didn't go back and really look into my notes or listen to the episode uh, from before, but I remember having a lot of question marks around it. Not really sure how to handicap the race because will it be a lot more like Atlanta in the past and just a little bit of super speedway flavor to it? That is completely solved now, all right? We know what that was, and it was a fantastic job by NASCAR and Atlanta Motor Speedway to make that happen because what we saw last time was pure super speedway racing. It was just uh, really narrow. I, you know, call it in conversation with Chris coming up in a little bit. It's like a Thunderdome, you know? There, it's just a smaller track, super speedway style. Uh, it's fantastic. So I actually watched this race with our friend of the program, Derek, up at his place last time. He gave me the, the William Byron pick that time. I did not call Byron out to win that race, but uh, lucky for me, Derek was on him and watched that race with him. And we were watching it saying, yeah, this is definitely super speedway style. So very interesting uh, to see what went down. I mean, we had cars just like in a super speedway up front, then getting pushed back to the back. You know, they get out of the draft. You know, there was some tandem drafting for a while. And then the big packs and guys were up. They were down. They were wrecking. They were back in the game, you know, after hitting the wall and having some damage. I mean, it was wild. Uh, the, the extended highlights, I went back to rewatch it, and they said it's almost like uh, they're racing at Daytona, but the cars look like they're at Martinsville, like just pure uh, damage on the car, and they're still hanging up there. So really, really excited for this week. It's good to have a lot of uh, money in the wallet coming out of the week before because we're going to be throwing a lot of money down on some uh, different drivers in different ways this week. So very excited to see what happens here in Atlanta this time around. So we're going to talk about track stats and our strategy for this race. Track stats, like I said, the first time around, I was considering still a lot of past Atlanta races because I just really was hesitant to completely go all in on the super speedway stuff. But this time around, we realize it's a completely different racetrack. So really, you can only say there's been one race at this racetrack as a super speedway. Our winner did not start from the pole. He did not start in the top 10. Uh, it was William Byron starting 12th that won that race. So um, looking back at all three super speedway races this year, so Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta, 
The only time we had a person starting within the top five was Sindrick at Daytona. Um, so really, just like you would probably expect, starting position is not really much of anything at these racetracks. If you look at the finishing order from Atlanta this past year, um, earlier in this season, we did not have anybody start in the top five that finished really in the top eight finishing positions. So uh, everyone was really kind of starting all over the place. Not necessarily all over the place, I guess. Uh, We had Corey LaJoy finished fifth. I mean, that was a bit of a shock. He started 33rd, but everybody else, I mean, Byron started 12th. Raw second place started seventh. Kurt in third place started ninth. So still, you know, within that top 10 area. But the point we're trying to make here is it's very similar to Daytona and Talladega where the draft is everything and the guys can be up. They can be down just at a drop of a hat. So don't get so concerned about it. I, unlike last week, I am not very concerned about practicing, qualifying. You know, the guys that we like, it's going to be kind of a, a sprinkle effect, as we'll get to in our strategy here. So um, the track stats really are not giving us too much to work off of. Now, um, nobody this season has started outside of the top 20 and won a race, but Chastain won in Talladega, and he started 19th, so just missed uh, earlier this year. The manufacturers so far this season, Chevy has won twice, Ford won once, which was the 500. And not to leave Toyota out in the rain, the average finish of everybody at all three of these tracks, Toyota uh, drivers make up of four of the top nine drivers in average finish. So they're not completely out to lunch. It's a real toss up when you're looking at the manufacturer trends and you know the manufacturer bets, if that's something that you look at each week, it's a real good toss up this week. That is for sure. So strategy for this week. I'm going to first tell you about how I'm breaking down some stats because I like to, you know, aggregate a bunch of stats and have something to work off of, something to point to to say, okay, I like this guy for this reason. Well, going in to do this, the sites that I use typically for stats do not have yet Atlanta mixed in with Talladega. So I kind of had to do things a little bit more manual this week with the Excel file and try to keep things a little bit more high level, right? Going into the first race, I was aggregating the last five races from Atlanta, the last five from Dago, the last five from Daytona, and putting them all together into like a 15-race soup and seeing what came out the other side. But this time around... We see what we have now with the next-gen car, and we've seen what we saw with Atlanta earlier in the year. So I'm really just concerned about this season. Now, you might have some other guys, like Chris talks about his uh, formula that he's using in uh, a little bit. So definitely you know, listen to, to him when we get to that conversation and on his podcast, The Flag Hunting Pod. But for me, I'm trying to keep things you know pretty high level. So what I'm doing is, looking at the average finish from all three super speedway races this year, the average driver rating from all three super speedway races this year, and then um, looking at green flag speed on all three super speedway races. So pretty simplistic, but I think that three races is decent enough sample size to be able to go off of that. So from what I'm looking at as far as strategy, The odds here are very much in the favor of the gambler. They reflect, like if there was any question about, hey, is this really a super speedway, even if you didn't watch the first race, 
the odds will tell you, yes, it is. The favorites are going off at plus 1,000. So even if you're betting on the, the top dogs, you're still getting damn good value there, and you're going to see great value all the way down the line. If you're betting finishing position bets, you'll get that all the way down. So we'll talk about that later on when we talk about some top 10s. But the fact of the matter is you have the ability to really look at anybody in the field and make a case for them because it's a super speedway. So anybody that we're talking about, right, we're going to call out three guys to win that are maybe a little bit more towards the, the top of the board for the odds board, right? But anybody that I'm talking about on this podcast, I would really be fine throwing a little bit of a sprinkle on an outright on because anything can happen, all right? So that is something that we're going to be calling out as we get to it, but it's really thinking about some of the guys up top, throwing you know your probably regular amount of money on those guys, but then looking further down, looking at some of those moonshots and throwing a little bit of tiny bit money down on those guys because it's not out of the question that the guys further down the sheet could jump up and surprise someone for an outright win. That is a fact. Now, something else that I wanted to call out for just Atlanta conversation in general. This might be something to wait um, for. You know, we talked about how I'm not really too hung up on practice and qualifying, but pit road selections. All right. I don't know when they're going to come out with that, but looking at the you know replay of the race, the pit road situation, we've had a lot of guys on pit road. If you think of Atlanta in the past, after the first you know segment or so, you've got a bunch of guys laps down. But with the super speedway style, there are a lot of cars on pit road. So when you're thinking about a super speedway race, you want to keep the car as clean as possible. And, you know, aside from getting caught up in someone else's wreck or blowing a tire of your own, the other opportunity to have that happen is on pit road. So it might behoove you to just take a look at what drivers are uh, positioned where on pit road. Because if you're looking at a driver, right, say driver A is somebody who we really like for an outright pick, and he's around another driver or two, like right around his pit stall that are also going to be, you know, pretty big dogs in this fight. Well, that might maybe scare you off a little bit because we saw it in the first race. Like it was pure chaos in that first time down pit road. So many guys on that pit road at the same time, it was causing some problems. So if you you like a guy like driver B, he might be surrounded by some, you know, back marker type guys. Um, that is something to consider, you know, maybe not, it's not something to really change your whole betting strategy around, that's for sure. But it's just another thing to consider because if your guy get into some problems on pit road, then that just really grinds your gears if it's enough to really damage the car to, to put him out uh, or lap down or so. So just one other thing to think about as we're heading into Atlanta. So the, the last thing that I'm considering as we're talking through this episode is our current form, right? The guys that are good right now in the last five races. That's something that you'll hear me refer to um, within the, the different drivers when we get there. So it's the, the last three super speedways this season and the green flag speeds at those races and last five races current form. So let's kick it off because, like I said, our outright picks, I'm going to call out some guys sort of towards the top of the board. And I'm starting with someone that I just can't quit, and it's Ryan Blaney. He's plus 1,000. He is one of the guys that's going off as a favorite, but I just can't stop betting him yet because he's one of the three drivers now. With, with Reddick's win, there's 
13 winners that are currently, quote-unquote, locked into the playoffs. So we've got a decent amount of races left. So we're starting to flirt with the situation of some driver has won a race and he's not in. That person, I believe, would be Austin Sendrick if we had 17 winners this year. Still a little bit of a long shot, but Blaney is one of the guys who has not won this year. Now, he is very good in terms of points. He's like second or third in the point standings. He's plus 116 to the good. But could you imagine if he doesn't go out and get it done and we do have some other random winners, man, that would be a tough pill to swallow for this team. So I have to imagine that they're going to get a victory on one of these races before the playoffs starts. I mean, he's been a pretty solid super speedway guy, as we're going to talk about, because he's a favorite for the reason here. Plus 1,000 is damn good value for someone who is the favorite and for someone like Ryan Blaney. So he was in great position. If you go back and look at the highlights of the race from Atlanta, he was in great position all race long. He got a bit screwed by the driver who was pushing him towards the end in that final couple laps there. And he ends up 17th. So if you're looking at the you know score sheet or the box score, you say, oh, you know, Blaney finished 17th at Atlanta. What's that about? You know, I'm not going to look at him. Why is he so favored at plus 1,000? Well, the fact of the matter is he had a really, really good race. And the way you can see that is by his driver rating. His driver rating was fantastic, 105.4. He was second to only William Byron, who ended up winning the race. So bad finish, you know, when you're looking back at that race. He was a, a main factor in that entire thing. The driver rating speaks to that. Now, looking at the season for the three races that we've been to for Super Speedways, he's got one top five and a top 10. That was a fourth at Daytona. He finished 11th at Talladega. And then you look at the 17th from Atlanta and say, hey, it really should have been a top five, not a victory. So, you know, really have to consider him there. His average finish, even with that 17th place finish, is third out of everyone. 10.7 in these three races, and his average driver rating of those three is first, 102.2. He's the only driver above 100 in driver rating on average this season on the super speedway. So something to be said about that. His green flag speed this season on super speedways, sixth out of everyone. And at Atlanta earlier this year, he was the fastest driver as far as green flag speed is concerned. So this is a driver who's good at super speedways. We've seen him get it done there multiple times, multiple different tracks. Um, He's got Talladega and Daytona in the bag. This would be a a trifecta for him if he could nail this one down. So I really like it. And on top of that, he was really good at Atlanta before they did the reconfiguration. So I consider Ryan Blaney a a really good value pick this week at plus 1,000, even though he's the favorite. So the other thing is, personally, like I keep betting him. I keep calling him out on the podcast, and I know that as soon as I stop betting him, he'll go out and win. But um, I'll say right now, I haven't looked at anything about next week. I'll, I'll stop him. No matter what happens this week, I, I won't call him out next week if you're getting a little bit fatigued on me calling out Blaney. But this week, I got to go for it. So plus 1,000, lock me in. The next guy, a little bit further down the odd sheet, some decent value here. And it's a driver that I definitely would not see myself taking in years past on a super speedway race. He does not come to mind when we talk about super speedways, but it's Martin Truex Jr., He's going off at plus 2,000. Very good odds here for Martin Truex Jr. because this season he is really standing tall among the other drivers here when we're looking at these sats. Ultra surprising that we're seeing the numbers that we are in these three races because when you consider 
all the retirement stuff as well. He raced all three of these races, probably when all that stuff was going on, a little bit distracting. But uh, now we're going to this track again, and we know what to expect. He's got that stuff in the clear. So in these three races this season, one top five, two top tens, three top 15 finishes. His average finish of these three is 8.7. That's good enough for second and his driver rating is fourth. So he's not like just falling into these decent finishes. He's performing well so far this year. And to drive that point home, his green flag speed out of everything has been fifth this season. Unbelievable. I never would have thought that coming into this season. He finished eighth at Atlanta earlier this season. But like I said, everyone was kind of like up and down. It was a perfect super speedway race. So he was a factor. And you know, lately, I would say that he had some struggles, right? If we're looking at more recent form, he had a six at Gateway. But ever since then, um, within the last five races, it hasn't really been that great. But then you think about what was going on off the track around that time. And it was really the culmination of all of the retirement talks and then the decision to come back for one more year. So I have to say he must have been a little bit distracted in these more recent races. So I'm kind of giving him a pass on that. So I'll say, hey, he's been hot at these super speedway tracks. They've been good off the truck. You got to assume that they're going to be good again this weekend off the truck. They know exactly what to expect at Atlanta this time. So if you can go out, keep it clean. This is really good value for a driver who is you know, showing up um, at the top of all of these stats that I have for 2022. So plus 2,000, man. Lock me in. I, I don't know how these odds are going to change very much from practice qualifying, but I have to assume that Truex, if he's once again performing well uh, in the, the pre-race stuff, that those odds will dip down a little bit shorter after. So plus 2,000 lock me in. The last guy that I'm going to call out, again, further towards the top, he's actually moved his line up to be one of the favorites. It's Ross Chastain, plus 1,000. He opened at plus 1,100, and it's already dropped to plus 1,000. So I'm trying to snag this now before it dips even further. Ross, if you're looking at the statistics, well, they got a bit skewed. So I said that three races is a pretty decent sample size, but when you do have something as drastic as he has on his resume this season, which is a dead last finish at Daytona 500, where he finished 40th, it really does skew the numbers quite a bit. Um, because three races, you know, a 40th place finishes, is really tough to come back from there. But if you look at Daytona, if you change that 40th place finish just to mid-pack, if you change it just to 20th, okay, he would then be tied for first out of everyone with Chase Elliott at 7.7 for an average finish. That's if you just move him to mid-pack, 20th position. It's not saying that he's, you know, lighting the world on fire um, with that 20th place finish. We're just trying to highlight the fact that he's been so good other than that Daytona finish. Because at Atlanta, he finished second. And if you remember, he was up front like a decent amount of that race. He ended up getting spun from the lead, hit the wall, fought back. They thought originally that it looked like it might have been a dead car cooked, but they ended up rebounding. It wasn't as bad as it seemed live. So he was able to fight back finished second after that, and, and what a rebound that really was. I mean, just proving that was earlier in the season. That was before Coda. That was a team that was really just fighting and scrapping and clawing. It was a week after Chase Briscoe got his first win. So, you, you know, they were looking at themselves in the mirror, I'm sure, saying, hey, we're just as good. And some of us may have laughed that off. But now we're looking back on it. Man, Ross, 
was a real player in that race, and he's going to be a player once again this weekend. Then at Talladega, he went out and got the job done, finished first, got the win at Dega. So that really you know, solidified him as a, a threat, um, got the job done on the road course, got the job done at a super speedway. He's been good everywhere we've gone. Green flag speed isn't even that great at these tracks. So what that's telling you is he's got a first place finish, a second place finish, and obviously the dead last where he got wrecked at Daytona, but his green flag speed wasn't that good. So he's outperforming his equipment. He's doing more with less. So unbelievable stuff out of Ross. And then to put the cherry on top, his last five races, out of everyone in NASCAR in the last five races, he has been the best. Top average finish, 7.8. He's got two top fives, four top tens, and he's the only driver that has five for five in the top 15 stat. So Ross has it going on right now. This is a race that he could easily win. So lock me in at plus 1,000 to round out my outright picks this week. So again, it's Blaney plus 1,000, Truex plus 2,000, and Chastain at plus 1,000. Let's go. You serious, Clark? So now we're going to get into a segment where we're really going to have some fun. And it's the finishing position bets, and we've got some specials, like I said, coming up this week brought to you by DraftKings. And this is going to be fun because really anybody we're talking about has an opportunity to win the race. So it's that type of a race. We'll talk about it a little bit to end the regular season at Daytona. It's going to be the same conversation. So it's an opportunity for you to have a little bit of fun. So when we're talking about these finishing position bets, I'm talking top tens here nothing is really out of the realm of possibility here. So let's get into it, and you'll kind of hear what I'm saying. We're going to start with Eric Jones to finish in the top 10. You can get him at plus 185 on Barstool, and he's plus 585 to finish in the top five. I cannot sleep on Eric Jones this weekend because he finished sixth at Talladega, 14th at Atlanta last time we were here, and his average, just kind of like what we're talking about Ross Chastain, his average was messed up by Tate Tona as well, but his driver rating tells a little bit of a different story because out of everyone in NASCAR in these three races, his driver rating is ninth out of everyone. That is something that gets my attention, right? Immediately, you're like, wow, that's pretty good. What kind of bet can I make on him? Does top 10 give me decent enough value? I would say at plus 185, yes, it does. His green flag speed is something else as well. Fourth out of everyone. So clearly, this team, this 43 car, is not shy when it comes to the super speedways. He has always been somebody who's been a threat there. When he was going back to a driver for Joe Gibbs, this track is definitely opening up possibilities for people just like Eric Jones to get it done. So um, he's plus 4,000 to win the race. I am not scared of that at all. Like if he can just keep the car clean, he's clearly going to have a good car off the truck, stay out of trouble. It's easier said than done. I know that. But he's one of those guys that if he's up there in that top six on a restart towards the end, because we saw a million cautions, right? You got to assume that there's going to be some restarts at the end, like we normally see at super speedways. So if he's up there, he is going to have a shot at it. So plus 4,000 is not too shabby either. But just talking about finishing positions, I don't think uh, this is that bad of a bet. Plus 185 is a steal, in my opinion, for a guy who's fourth in green flag speed and ninth in driver rating. Lock me in for Eric Jones. I want something on that 43 car this weekend. 
Then we're going to move to a guy who has hit for us multiple times in the last few races, and we're talking about Michael McDowell. I don't know what it is. I think like every year he goes through a very streaky phase, and we are in it right now. We are going to ride this wave until it crashes. We do that with different drivers. If we're on them and they're hitting, we're just going to keep going back to that well because this weekend Michael McDowell is getting plus 200 to finish top 10 at Barstool. That is a gift, an absolute gift. He's had top 10s at both Talladega and Daytona this season. He's seventh in average finish as far as everyone in NASCAR this season at the super speedways. And I'd have to think, you know, he finished 24th when they were at Atlanta earlier this year. I don't know specifically really what happened to Michael McDowell. Um, I I can't remember if he was driving towards the front. He was in the top 10 and, and something happened to him, but he ended up 24th. And I think that with a lot of these guys, right, if some of the drivers like a, a McDowell didn't get a good finish last time around, there may have been a little bit of hesitation from the teams. And maybe they didn't just fully dive into the super speedway mindset when they were setting up the car and, and they were a little too late to adjust. I'm, I'm not saying that that's what happened with McDowell. I'm just saying that for a lot of drivers who didn't get the finish that they thought, maybe, you know, this time around, knowing what they know, having the notes in front of them, they're going to be able to get that thing right and really make a play for it uh, this time around. So I'm not scared of Michael McDowell whatsoever. Um, I, I cannot they, – they can't go to Atlanta this time and, and miss a setup. If, if they were off last time, this is a team that knows how to set up for super speedway races. So on top of that, right, he is just red hot right now. In his last five races, he's got one top five, three top ten finishes – That is third as far as average finish is concerned in NASCAR. It's 10.0. Great value. You can get him at plus 3,500 to win the race. I don't know about him winning the race, but I do really like him top 10 at plus 200. So lock me in for that all day and night. So now I got some moonshots for you here to finish in the top 10 just because this is the type of race it is. I want to have a little bit of fun. So I'll throw Justin Haley your way, plus 250. He's plus 5,000 to win the whole damn thing. But looking at his season, he doesn't have a top 10 yet, but he finished 11th, 12th, and 23rd at the Super Speedways this year. And I would say that Super Speedways are perfect for teams like this, right? The teams that are just like kind of outside looking in, they're on the cusp. They've got the ability to really, you know, structure their program around getting these wins to sneak into the playoffs. He had a rain-shortened win at Daytona uh, before they were a full-time ride, so, you know, he has that going for him. But that's not coming into my stats this week, that, that victory for Haley. But the thing that stands out is how close he was to these top 10s, right? 11th and 12th. Earlier this year, he finished 11th at Atlanta. He was 11th in green flag speed at Atlanta. So this race is definitely not something that's going to be overwhelming for this team. So I really like Justin Haley. It's not that I really like him. I'm saying that this is a very good opportunity here for good value plus 250 to say, hey, why not take a shot on somebody like this? It's a bit of a flyer. And there is a case to be made for why he would make sense to to shock everyone and finish in the top 10. So... Plus 250, you got to do it. Then the last guy I'll call out for a, a top 10 just for fun because I have to do it at plus 600. It's my guy, Ty Dillon. I only bet Ty Dillon at Super Speedways. Last time around, you know, I 
maybe they were somebody that weren't really fully prepared because they are so good on super speedways. Um, he, he's just not having the, the greatest season. I don't know if there's some growing pains on that new car for Petty GMS driving the 42, but he's 13th this season in green flag speed at super speedways. His finishes have not been there. He's been caught up in some of the stuff. He's maybe not really getting the respect he deserves by the other drivers out there, kind of getting bounced around a little bit, but he has the ability to get it done. He finished 11th at Daytona. That was his only good finish, 30 plus the other two spots, and he just missed on that top 10 at Daytona, which I still have nightmares about. So plus 600 for a top 10, my God, like lock me in. I bet you he's going to be riding in the top 10 for a, a little bit of this race, and I just hope it's that last part of it. So plus 600 just for fun, Ty Dillon, see if he can go get it done. But wait, there is more here because we've got a bunch of specials that DraftKings is putting out this week that is just so enticing to me, makes this race even more fun. So I'm going to rip off some of these fun little things to think on. I'm going to throw some stuff down early in the week just to you know, really have in case they take them away. But two guys finishing the top five, I've hit on that the last two weeks, and I'm going to go back to that well. It's Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney to both finish in the top five. It's plus 800. They are two of the favorites, along with Chastain. I know that at a super speedway, things get chaotic, and it's not as predictable as maybe a road course like we saw a week ago or a regular cookie cutter. But I'm going to go back to that well. Been very successful with the double top five parlay there. So it's Chase and Blaney, two guys who I think could easily win this race themselves. So, you know, hey, I would even take them if they had the ability to say Chase Blaney won two. Get those crazy amount of odds. You might find that on MGM. They usually do something like that. Um, Just riffing here off the top of my head. Plus 800, though, to both finish in the top five. I'm all over that. Now, another fun thing that DraftKings is doing this weekend that I have not seen before Maybe they've done it in the past. Maybe other books do something like this. But the first bet that I'm looking at is any manufacturer, so Chevy, Toyota, or Ford, to finish one, two, three. That is plus 600 on the books. And I think that is such a cool bet. Last time, uh, Chevy actually had five of the six top drivers at the Atlanta race. It was Kurt Busch that ruined the show. So they did not get it done um, for this one, two, three bet which is why you're getting plus 600. I'm definitely throwing money on that just because I think it's a fun bet to have. So no matter what camp is dominating, you just got to hope that they're up there. Now, if you want to get a little bit more specific, they've got Chevy to finish 1-2, which happened last time we were here, and that's plus 300. Then if you don't like Chevy, if you want to venture out into some of the other manufacturers, Ford 1-2 finish is 800, and Toyota is plus 1,000. So I mentioned how Toyota doesn't have a victory yet this year on a super speedway. You know, Hamlin usually, um, he's the the guy for Toyota. When you're looking all the way back at uh, Daytona stats, you know, he stands out there. You're going to need that type of performance in order for the plus 1,000 to hit for Toyota. But um, I thought that was a really cool thing to see. Um, Not seen that before. So I'll definitely take the one, two, three bet. I'm not sure which manufacturer I want to go all in on. If I did at the moment have to choose something, I would probably go Chevy just because there's just more Chevy drivers out there and more Chevy drivers that are good enough to be up there. So um, not saying that I don't think a Ford or Toyota could win this race. It's just uh, playing it by the numbers there. So 
plus 300 for Chevy if I had to choose right this second. But uh, for now, I'm going to let that marinate a little bit until the weekend. But any manufacturer, one, two, three finish plus 600, I'm going to take. Uh, now, we look at the head-to-head matchups, right? Because in just a little bit, we're going to talk with Chris about the full tank face-off where we usually do head-to-head matchups. But we're actually going to be doing something that we did for the Coke 600, which is a group bet. So next to the head-to-head section on DraftKings, we've got the group bets. And uh, that's what Chris and I are going to be breaking down for you in just a bit. It's funny because DraftKings this week have released 108 head-to-head matchups. Absolutely absurd. I have never seen that. You can take one driver, for example, if you just type in like Ryan Blaney, he's going up against like eight different guys or nine different guys this week. So you can find somebody that you like and try to find a dance partner to see if you know there's a head-to-head matchup that works for you. Imagine the different parlays you could probably put together. You could probably get like 10 or 12 leg parlays out of 108 matchups. Absolutely crazy. I don't know if this is like going to be the new norm for them or if they're doing it because it's a super speedway style race. I guess I won't worry about next week. I'll just have fun with what they're putting out there right there for us this week because that is awesome. I am going to be just nonstop scrolling through those head-to-head matchups all week uh, trying to find the good ones. I'll make sure I'll put any parlays I put together out there on Instagram and as always, I always bet the, the parlays individually as well uh, in case the parlay misses, but I go two and one. So that being said, I'm going to take the toolhangers.com bet of the week this week on a head-to-head matchup. Now, if you're new to the podcast, toolhangers.com is a website that specializes in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls for circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, and anything else that you have. If you're trying to clean up your workspace area, whether it's your garage or tool bench, whatever you have, go to toolhangers.com to try to find something that fits your needs because they have everything customized, made in the USA by our guy Jordan at toolhangers.com. And they do such a cool way to sponsor this segment because I've got $10 every week to throw on the bet of the week. Now, I started off pretty good. I have been ice cold recently. I need to bounce back. So I'm going with a head-to-head matchup for the bet of the week this time around. If I hit this bet of the week, it goes into a piggy bank in a gift card format that we will be uh, giving away to anybody who registers. It'll be a raffle at the end of the regular season, and somebody will be having a gift card. Right now, there's about $30 plus in there. I'm trying to add some more to that pot right now with my head-to-head pick. It's a minus 110 number, so it'll be $9 added to the pot here. And I'm going with Chris Busher over Austin Dillon in the head-to-head matchup for the bet of the week. So this is kind of a two-fold situation here because looking at my stats, Chris Busher really stood out to me. He's third in green flag speed at the super speedway races. Now, he's got a better driver rating than Austin Dillon. It's not the greatest, right? When you see third in green flag speed, I'm like, damn, I need something on Busher. Like, what does his other stats look like? His driver rating is 22nd, but Austin Dillon's is 27th. They're close in average finish, but uh, Busher hasn't beat there, you know, just barely. And head-to-head this season at the super speedway races, Busher has him 2-1. to one. 
So I think it's worth having both of them on small outright numbers, like a little sprinkle for both of them, because either one of these guys, you know, could definitely step up and get it done at a super speedway. We've seen Austin Dillon, like he's made his bones on super speedways, that's for sure. But this season, Dillon just has not gotten the finishes that I would have liked to have seen. So uh, he finished second, I guess, at Talladega, but um, at Atlanta and Daytona, it was a real struggle for Dillon. So I really like Busher's speed. I like the current form that he's in. He's got two top six finishes in his last four races. He's definitely somebody that, you know, last week we hit some money on. So I'm going back to the well here with Chris Busher. I'm hoping that he's fast off the truck. He's got a good race car and he's able to keep it clean because um, a couple times this year, you know, I had him. I think it was Daytona. I saw him get wrecked and I was like, oh man, he was driving so well. It was due for a good finish. This weekend at Atlanta, I can see that 17 car being a factor late. So give me Chris Buescher over Austin Dillon in this head-to-head matchup for the Tool Hangers Bet of the Week. If it isn't my car, Joe, we'll sell. Shake and bake, buddy! Shake it! Before you bake it! Here I come. Slingshot engaged. So now we've reached the part of the podcast where we are so thankful to have on Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast. He's a regular on this show. You should know him by now. Joined us last year at least once or twice. Been on the show already this year. So um, happy to have him back on. And we talk about a lot of stuff in this uh, next segment. So we're talking about you know what we saw at Road America. Obviously, we want to revel on that win for both of us there with Reddick. He gives us a breakdown of the Bavada Sportsbook. It's an offshore sportsbook, which he uses. So if you're a fan of the sportsbook reviews that we've been doing, he gives us a, a little one there on Bavada, kind of on the fly, which we appreciated. He's going to actually analyze my season win total bets to see what he thinks, how I'm going to do the rest of the year since we are officially halfway through the season. And then we get to a full tank face-off with the group bets, the draft style, as you will see in just a bit was really fun the first time around, and I expect it to be just as fun this next race coming up for Atlanta. So without further ado, let's welcome on Chris. So welcome back on to the podcast. You've been on a a few times, Chris. Uh, Second time this year, we've got Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast completing our little home and home we've had this uh, past couple weeks. Chris, welcome back. Happy to have you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Phil. This is this is awesome. Um, yeah, like you said, a little home and home, and we're, we're coming off a little bit of a high, which we'll talk about in a second. But, uh, hey, we had great luck with you on ours last week, so I'm hoping to carry the luck over to yours this week. Let's, let's keep it going. Absolutely. And we both – so for anyone that didn't listen to the Flag Hunting Pod last week, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, we talked silly season for a while, and I was talking about that you know, on my episode on uh, this podcast last week to anyone who's like interested in that stuff. I got so many messages about that. Uh, I had, you know, such a fun time talking with you about it. You could still go back to listen to that episode if you didn't hear it. Like that's going to be pertinent probably for a little while until things start to shake out with silly season. So um, that was fun. But then we got into starting uh, to talk about picks with Road America and we were both pretty high on Tyler Reddick and we recorded early in the week, just like we're doing now. And he was really good value. Uh, plus 2,500 is what I had him at on DraftKings. I know you had him at a, a high number as well. It's got to feel good. 
like the I know you guys are on a, a bit of a hot streak as a podcast. So, I mean, how does it feel right now getting into it? Oh, it's 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 awesome. We're on we're on top of the world right now because we were we were coming off a little bit of a uh, a slow start there for a while because I had hit I had hit um, Cindric and Daytona to start the year and then I went on a dry streak for a while. Um, but yeah, now we're it all started with Joey Logano at Gateway. Uh, I hit him at 16 to one. Then Ian hit two straight at the RBC Canadian Open and um, the U.S. Open. And then now I've hit two in a row with Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick. So quite the quite the run we're on. But yeah, as you as you mentioned with Tyler Reddick, uh, I'm a Tyler Reddick fan. So that was not only big for me as a as a you know just a fan of the sport, but to also be on him the week that he got his first win uh, was, was awesome. I think I think everybody in our group chat we have you know we have a group chat with a few guys. We've all bought we all bought the shirts that Three Chi was posting. I don't know if you saw that, but Three Chi was posting eight dollar shirts for his win. That's um, awesome. So yeah, we're like I'm just it was a good week, and we were four four in the prop card too. So that was like I said, it was the I think the second best overall week I've had so far as a NASCAR handicapper. So um, can't hate that. I'm getting I'm getting you at the perfect time to come <laughs> on here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great, great week all around. Um, and I just want to say, like, for anyone who hasn't heard Chris on here before uh, or has you know listened to the flag hunting podcast, what they do, Chris and his co-host Ian, they break down both NASCAR and golf for the upcoming week. So when he's referring to, you know, Ian having some outrights that he hit uh, and then, you know, Chris more recently, that's what we're talking about here. It's golf and NASCAR combined. So I know that that speaks to a lot of people out there because, you know, who doesn't like golf um, to play in their free time or, you know, just to gamble on. So it's the perfect podcast. And the fact that you guys have the two of you, now going like back and forth, like, you know, tit for tat, like that's why that podcast is awesome to start with. You know what I mean? Like when one's not really uh, hitting it, you got the other one to to lift them up. So that's awesome that you have that hot streak going on right now. And I'm hoping to catch a little magic from it. Uh, keep the magic going, honestly, this week yeah. on here. Yeah, that's 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 what's fun about the podcast. So we, we have we have yet to hit the podcast double. We have not hit and outright, you know, in golf and NASCAR in the same week, but we've, we've been very close. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, it's fun just to, it's two niche sports in the betting world. It's not like your baseball and basketball and football. It's two sports where, you know, you can, if you're just a casual better and you just want to bet outrights, you know, golf and NASCAR is probably two of the best sports to do that in. So um, yeah. Hey, I do want to point out though, uh, with Phil beyond last week and that, three hour long podcast. I did not think we would get as many listens as we did. We are two listens away from our most ever listened episodes. So wow. if, we can send, if we can send some of your fans our way, uh, we could, we could be, that could be the highest listened podcast we've had yet. So pretty cool little stat to throw there. And, and I thank you, awesome. you for that as well. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, three hours of content is a lot to, to consume. I mean, like as someone who listens to podcasts, it is a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we could hit that number for anyone that hears us talking about silly season and wants to go listen to that conversation. It was, a, it was, that's what made it so long was we were just yeah. having fun ripping on, you know, what's going on, what's going to happen, our predictions. And uh, like I said, go give that episode a listen. It was the, the John Deere classic and road America episode. Um, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get it the most ever. That would be great. <laughs> that, that's surprising. I mean, cause three hours is a long time. Oh that, yeah. No doubt about that. Unless you're the Dale Jr. download, you don't, you don't post podcasts that long. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Um, and, and just another shout out to Ian, 
you know, for, for the golf stuff, because I hung out for the golf portion of it last week and I was golfing on Friday. I took off of work. And so I was telling the guys, you know, Hey, I was on a, a pod this week talking golf as well. And, you know, Ian's strategy was just like long shots, right? He wasn't, he wasn't really flirting with the, the ones up towards the top and got her up a guy that he spent a legitimate time talking about was an absolute moonshot. And he was like tied for the lead on Friday when I was in the golf group that I was with. And I was like, dude, this dude knows what he's talking about, man. Like, and he was, he was hanging in there. Uh, I think somebody really took the lead at the end of the day. Maybe it was like Friday or Saturday. He, he went up like five strokes on the field, but uh, Goddard was still like, you know, hanging in there and, and he ended up, you know, kind of fading at the end, but uh, awesome, you know, to even be in it. That's why I like to bet. And and I was showing these guys like, this is a absolutely wild pick, but it's hanging in there. So they were in shock. To yeah, props I was, to him. I'm trying to find the stat here because I don't want to screw up Ian's, Ian's uh, little segment here, but. I'm pretty sure Goddard actually led the led the field in tee to green, but just couldn't put it. And JT Poston went, you know, ended up going on the tear there to to run away with it, anyways. But yeah, I, I, a little sneak peek. I think he's leading Goddard up again this week. I don't know if he actually put him or not, but um, he, he. I know he was on his short list. So well, I'm I'm a believer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I was I was floored when I you know saw like Friday Friday afternoon like he was still hanging in there. So uh, made it fun for sure. Um, so we wanted to talk, I, I've been doing a lot about draft, excuse me, I keep calling it DraftKings reviews. It's sports books reviews. And I just got done doing DraftKings, which is the one that I use most often because it gives me the odds you know, quickest, um, out of everyone they drop soon, uh, just dropped today before everybody else. But I've done a, a series of, of, you know, episodes where like in the Phil's fired up section, I do the sports book review. And I was reaching out to you uh, in between now and when we spoke for for your pod last week about who you like to use. Well, um, you are in an interesting situation because North Carolina has not legalized gambling yet. Someone has their head up their ass there. And you were just telling me it doesn't sound like you guys are getting it anytime soon, which is on a side note, just a damn shame from a state standpoint um, and the, the citizens of the state to not, you know, reap the benefits of this absolute monumental, like, you know, snowball that's happening. Uh, but it sucks for, for you guys as gamblers. So you use offshore books and uh, the one that you use most of the time is Bovada, right? That's the, the go-to book that you have. That's so I, I just wanted to get your input on Bovada and, you know, maybe like a little mini uh, sports book review and, and what you like, what you don't like and, and, you know, give the listeners out there who aren't in legalized states uh, an idea of maybe what they could be uh, getting into. Yeah. So uh, Bovada is definitely, I think, at least in my opinion, it's, it's the most trustable of the offshore that seems to be the less sketchy, you know, some of the ones out there you can see um, you hear story, you know, horror stories of, you know, odds going up, people hit something and then all of a sudden the bet disappears and, you know, there's no, there's nothing to, um, you know, rules and, and, and things behind it to back it um, since they're offshore. So it's a little, it can be a little sketch, but Bovada, I've had great success with Bovada. Um, they've been very good. Um, just my very quick NASCAR preview on Bovada, how it's treated for me. Um, 
most of the time we do get odds like mid morning on Tuesday. So it's normally right behind DK, probably about the same time as, you know, like Barstool and stuff like that. Um, however, I'm saying that as I was just telling you before we came on here that I still don't have anything right now for Atlanta. Um, so that's a little bummer, but um, yeah, we normally get head to heads, finish positions, all that stuff on Wednesdays. Um, one thing we do get that I don't think I've ever seen other betters or other handicappers bet is we do get T2s. So we get obviously the winners, T3s, T5s, T10s, but we get T2s, which is kind of fun. So that way, if if you like someone, you know, really at the top, you can kind of get pay a little less juice and, and try to get that T2 just in case. Um, and then obviously we get um, the race specials, the winning car number, the winning team, the winning manufacturer, all that kind of stuff. We don't usually get that until the morning of the race on Sundays. Um, so we don't really get a lot of time to look at that or get that information out there. And then um, unlike DK, we cannot um, parlay head-to-heads, which I think is so fun for you guys that have access to that. Um, and then sometimes we're actually restricted to singles only on outright. So there's times where I can't even, I can't parlay like a F1 outright and a NASCAR outright. I won't let me put them together. So that's that, one thing that, that waivers back and forth. Like sometimes you can, sometimes you can, or it's absolutely no. Yeah, it's, it's, it waivers. That's I think weird. so far this year in 2022, it's been, it's, it's allowed me to, but I know when I first started this last year in 2021, there was some races where it would and some races where it wouldn't. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's pretty good with the odds. I feel like they're pretty fair with the odds. It's it's very rare for me to find uh, like a screaming value because they do, they do normally wait for the DKs and the fan duels and all those to post theirs first before kind of really re- getting theirs out there. So a lot of times I'll see a number on DK and I'll be so prepared. Like, oh, if I get this on Bavada, I'm, I'm going to hammer this number. And then I get something way less and I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... But I mean, yeah, overall, from, from a standpoint, I think it's pretty good with NASCAR. I think, you know, it's it's not going to right up there with probably D, DK and Barstool, but I wouldn't say it's far behind. Um, so for, for the one book that I do have access to, it's it's been pretty good to me, to be honest. So here's a question that um, I, I you might not have an answer to, because if you're like me, you kind of just, you know, when you hit, you like to keep everything just kind of rolling. But one of the concerns about offshore books uh, that I've had to deal with in the past before it legalized in PA was, you know, getting paid out. Um, Have you had to go through that yet? And what was that process like if so? So I haven't yet. I just kind of keep my funds in there and keep them rolling. Um, I know Ian Ian has um, went through because he's had some real big winners in the past. Um, So the only two payouts they have, unfortunately, are they can mail you a check internationally or you get paid out in crypto Hmm. um so uh ian i think has done crypto both times if i'm not mistaken um he's had fine luck with it um so that is i guess that is a pretty big downside to the offshores is is a lot of times because it's an offshore because it's not legal where you are you know they gotta be careful about how to pay you Mm -hmm. um so you know hey if, if you're in the crypto market though and you don't mind that that you know venturing in that world a little bit um, crypto. I mean that I've I've heard successful successful stories uh, of getting paid out that way. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. I, I do five dimes is one that you know we used to use, and you know that was uh, a check that we got from like Canada. It came in like through Canada. Right. Um, so I, I was just wondering, you know, if they if it was an easy process, if you felt like it was like sketchy, but it sounds like it's pretty similar to, to the others. So yeah. that's good yeah. for anyone who's thinking about that. But yeah, I'm definitely one that 
I just like to kind of keep things in there. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> even, you know, if NASCAR season's over, uh, I can find something to, to bet it on. So, um, right. I, I, you know, unless it's a monster, like you said, but, um, okay. So have you ever thought about any of the other offshore books? I mentioned five dimes. I have a story on that one for a second, but have you, have you ventured out in anything else, uh, to like, you know, dip your toe in the water or are you just like really happy with Bavada and, and that's what you're going to roll with? I've, um, I've given some others thoughts. I do peruse them just to kind of see, is there one that's going to give me a advantage from an odds standpoint? Like, is there one that do I really need to put some funds in there, move some assets to that one just so I can get the better odds. But, um, I guess the only one I really thought about was my bookie because that's the only one I think I've heard of that's been pretty reputable. But um, yeah, I don't, I've never even heard of five dimes. So I'm, I'm interested to hear this story. <laughs> well, my bookie, I mean, they seem reputable because they, they advertise a, a ton yeah. on various podcasts. Um, so yeah, five dimes uh, people may uh, remember cousin Greg, he comes on the pod every now and then um, he's, he's pretty locked into studying for a CFP right now. So he's, he's not really uh, thinking NASCAR stuff, but he used to do this thing that was just unbelievable. Uh, he would bet soccer games. Like he would sit down with his computer and his iPad or whatever, Sunday morning, Saturday mornings, and five dimes was slow to update the over under live on the uh, games. So when a goal was scored, he would take the over and it would be an automatic hit and they did not catch on to it for like a full year and he would just absolutely clean up. So now he's like essentially banned. Um, but like those are the types of things like we call them like sketchy, like, you know, with the offshore stuff, but like they could, you could take advantage of it. You just have to be prepared to be blackballed forever if they ever yeah. catch on to it. But um, yeah, so I, I don't really mess around with, with five dimes anymore, just be, like from association. And, you know, I did do that a couple of times. So, um, but, you know, I was wondering if you ever mess with them, but uh, Bavada seems, you know, I, they were one of the biggest names on the block, honestly, like way back before when I was using like a, a guy, like a local neighborhood guy um, mm -hmm. to bet stuff. Bavada was always one that I would like think about. So the fact that they're still cooking and they got NASCAR stuff on the reg, that's what we want. So what's your score? One to 10, you know, give me a score on Bavada. Um, honestly, I'd probably give it, I'd probably go like a seven or an eight, to be honest with you. I, I, I really, I haven't, like I said, I haven't had any issues. It seems very comparable to DK to me. And I think that if I had access to DK, that'd probably be my preferred one. Um, cool. So yeah, I think, I think it's probably, we'll go seven and a half. I'll split it. How about that? Perfect. Love it. 7.5. Lock it in. All right. So we're going to get to Atlanta. Um, we're going to, you know, give the full tank face off this week. It's a it's group betting like draft style. We'll get to that in a second, but I have a couple other things that I want to pick your brain on. Um, the first was road America. We talked about how Reddick won, but you know, did you get a chance? I think both of us didn't get the chance to watch the race live. Uh, did you get a chance to go back and, and rewatch it or look at the highlights or anything? And what was your overall like takeaway outside of like the bias of winning big? Um, because on your pod, we talked about the concept of them actually taking away road America for the Chicago street course concept. So, uh, did you have any takes on road America and what you thought of the race overall? Yeah. So from the highlights I saw it, it seemed very similar to Sonoma where we had very little passing clean air was, was King. Um, you know, where you, 
you know, pitch strategy was was very minimal because of the stage break. So, you know, I know that, you know, our friend of the pod and your friend of your pod too, Skybox, I know is a very strong believer in not having stage breaks for, for road course racing. And I think from what we've seen this year, I think that would make the most sense because the next gen car, you know, as much as we love some of the things it's done for the intermediates, it has not been the greatest for road courses and short tracks. So um, that still seems to hold true for Road America. Um, it, I mean, overall, I mean, from what I saw from the highlights, but the highlights can make it like seem a little better. There was there was um, more passing than expected, especially for the lead. It's just it got really spread out because the track's so big. So I would not be surprised in the slightest to see them go to the Chicago Street Course next year um, and just kind of see what happens. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, it, it sounds like they they had a really good fan attendance there again for Road America. So I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's my that's my take from. Again, not like similar to you. I didn't get to watch it all. I was, I was at a, a Fourth of July party, and I was actually out of I was out of the state as well. And uh, but I had Ian texting me like, "Chris, Chris, get in here, get in here. You need to watch this." <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. Well, I mean, it seems like that's kind of the general consensus from what I can tell. Um, listening to some some others, like on the recap uh, episodes of of other podcasts out there, um, I wish we had a line on you know, will road America be on the schedule next year? You know what I mean? That would be a fun bet. Um, I would probably take the no, but yeah, same. Uh, cause, cause if you're looking at Chicago, like we said last week on your pod, it's like the same market in a way, you know, the, the mid uh, Midwest North, you know, area, Chicago would gather that in. So um, I would not be surprised if that was the last road America race we see for a while, but, uh, I got to figure out when they release the schedule. I don't know if they actually like tell us when that's happening or if they just do it randomly, but, um, I need to mark my calendar for the schedule release. Cause that'll be fun to, to break down. And I saw, um, Jeff Gluck's was a good race poll today. I think it turned out to be like, I think it was 55% or something like it was not good. Um, and for so, Reddick to win, that's, I, I would have yeah. thought that he would have been like a 15 point swing just for that. Cause he seems to be like a fan favorite you know, in a way people have been like jocking him all year. That's surprising. I didn't know that that was that low. I mean, I'm gonna make sure I'm not misspeaking here, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. And I was like, Holy cow, that's a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great barometer. I use that all the time for, just for my own, like, you know, personal uh, way to remember like, Oh, was this race worth it? Um, so yeah, 55%, 55. 55%. Yes. And his last year's was 78.4. So significant, wow. significant drop. That's crazy. I see so you think like, okay, because Chase lost, all the Chase fans would be because cause you have to take that with a grain of salt, depending on who wins, right? Like if Kyle yeah. Bush wins, then you're gonna have people that you know hit no just for that. But I don't think that it would be that big of a drop-off between Chase and Reddick just because of you know first win and that whole thing. So um interesting. Interesting. Uh I guess you know it maybe will Road America be back on the schedule be. Uh, the no would be minus money. I thought that might've been. <laughs> yeah. I think minus 200 at least. Cause wow. you know, like that, and that's what they say is, you know, we can talk all we want about how, you know, road America brings 80, 80 to hundred K in fans, but really all NASCAR cares about is the TV money. And if the people watching it on TV are not going to enjoy it or not enjoying it, then you can go ahead and count out road America for next year. Like, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably a minus 200 on the, on the books right now. If we release our own odds for this. And I guess we're kind of, at fall for that too, Chris. Like we didn't watch it, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's uh, I, I guess we're we're part of the problem there. But um, you know, 
we'll see. It'll be something fun to track. I'm, it's definitely on my radar, like for the schedule release to see like, okay, is that, you know, something that's coming back. Right. Um, all right. So one last thing before we get into Atlanta, I made, we're, we're halfway through the year, 18 races done. So I want to revisit my season long win total bets. And I was planning on doing this solo if I didn't have a guest on this week. But since I have you, I'm going to rip off. I have got them written on my wall here above me. Um, I've got like all my work stuff, like on a whiteboard and then like a little corner of like just gambling stuff, all my season win totals and, and other notes. Um, true degenerate status. So <laughs> I'm going to read off the, the bet where I am right now with the tally. And I need you to give me, will I make, will I hit that bet this year? Yes or no. And why? All right. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. So the first bet that I have is Penske <clears throat> over four and a half wins this year. They are at three right now. So what do you think on that one? I think I think that's still got to be a yes, because, I mean, you've got Blaney at he's going to be a threat at every super speedway. We've still got because this is full season, not I mean, it's full season counting playoffs, too, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, we're so halfway yes. through. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we got Blaine is gonna be a threat at well, I mean, Blaine is probably a threat everywhere, it seems like, because I think he's still, if I'm not mistaken, according to iFantasy Racing, yeah, he's still second in total speed on the year. Um, so you got to think Blaney gonna at least get one of those wins because he's got to get one still to lock himself into the playoffs. Um, so yeah, between Blaney and then you know, Logano is, is also a threat at short tracks and super speedways. I think, I think that one's got to be that one's got to be a lock. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Blaney, I had Blaney to win the championship from an yeah. early bet. I mean, I, I think he's got to win a race somewhere uh, soon here. Only need two more out of those guys. Sindrick was a gift. So um, the fact that, you know, the other two really haven't stepped up the way I thought, I uh, kind of got bailed out by Sindrick, his one win. And they're they're going to a couple more road courses, so he could steal another one for me. But uh, I think your breakdown of uh, Blaney and Logano are, are what has me – Feeling pretty comfortable on that one. Now we'll get to one that is less comfortable. And it is Gibbs over eight and a half. They've got three this year. So I need another six wins from those drivers in 18 races. Yeah, what do you think on this one? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. I mean, because you got to, you already, I mean, you got to count out the road courses now, right? Because we've seen two straight road courses where Gibbs has been a absolute non-factor. Um, you know, then, you know, super speedways, you know, you've got Danny Hamlin, but behind that, I mean, what do you have? I mean, Kyle's been wishy-washy Truex. I mean, we'll probably talk about him a little bit, but Truex is historically bad, but better this year. Uh, and then Christopher Bell just seems like, it seems like he's on the precipice every single week, but I don't know if he's going to get over the hump. So, yeah, I, I had to break on that one for you. <laughs> that one might be a loss. I know. And, and that's going into the season. I think that was the one that I felt like most comfortable about. Like just Gibbs in general. I, I felt like they were really going to be strong. And you could even argue like a, a couple of these wins that they have already are, are fluky. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm in shock that I'm sweating that one out. Uh, I need a few more before like they they come up to play in playoffs there's no getting around that so that's true uh i need a few more at least two more before the playoffs start and then maybe i'll i'll feel a little bit more comfortable 
Um, if I, if, you know, four of the last 10 races to hit, uh, including Phoenix, like that makes me feel a little bit better than, than three right now. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, all right, here's another one that is, uh, an interesting topic. I think between the two, we just talked about, right. One's very hard leaning. Yes. One leaning. No Stuart Haas racing. I took them over two and a half races this year. They've got one with Briscoe. Briscoe yeah. How do you feel about that bet? Yeah, that, that is hard. That's tough. Um, I'm going to give you some hope. Here. I'm going to say yes. And I say yes, just because, you know, we talked about a little bit on my podcast last week, but Harvick is a guy that I feel like is, yes, he's aging. Yes, there's that argument of will he ever win again. But this year, I think Harvick has shown some real speed at some real serious times. I mean, just looking at some total speed ranks, he was fourth in total, total speed at Sonoma, fifth at Nashville, fifth at Talladega, uh, fourth at Phoenix. So I think he has shown some real speed. Then you got Briscoe, who, again, we talked about him last week as well, just being an absolute dog in the car. I mean, like, he's going to give it everything he got everything he has every single week. Um, it, it almost feels like you're going to hit like three and not the three and a half. No, it's uh, two and a half. It's two, oh, and, two and a half. half. Oh yeah. I need two more from we these got, guys. No, no, no. We got that. We got that. We just, need, <laughs> we just see one from Harvick and one from Briscoe. And then, you know, or yeah, I think, I think we, we can do that one. All right. Well, I mean, you kind of, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, I'm a full believer in Harvick this year. I think I need to get one out of him. Yeah. I, I felt like Harvick would wrap this up by himself. And then yeah. when Briscoe won Phoenix, I was like, shit, lock this in. But uh, we've seen, you know, Harvick's just like there. He's like running for points almost. It's like he's running like the old school, you know, point standings way. Um, so I, I don't know. I need to see a win out of him soon. And then, you know, the rest of the season makes it more – uh, of a big deal because the problem that I'm running into with this bet is if none of these guys, well, I guess Briscoe is going to be in the playoffs, but uh, I, I don't think he'll be much of a factor in the playoffs. Point being, if Harvick doesn't make the playoffs, now you're asking him to win races where he's out of the playoffs. It's very rare to see that. Um, yeah, the team's the focus will be on Briscoe. Yeah. Exactly. So yep. I'm going to need him to win a race in the next few to make the playoffs and uh, lock himself in to even, I feel like, to be a factor. But I, I still feel comfortable right now. And don't, and don't, and don't count on Elmerol either. You know, when we get to short flats, Elmerol and, and Super Speedways for that matter. I mean, those are his bread and butter. So, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, we'll, we'll like, you know, we'll probably get into more of this later, but Elmerol is probably going to be on my outright card this week. So I'm, hey, we, I'm not against him. I'm not against them. I'm on them for, for those long shots and, and things like that. Super speedways for sure. He could definitely win Daytona this week at, at Atlanta. He could, he could do something. So uh, not counting him out. It's just, you know, he's not the guy that I think of when I need wins, you know, I need Harvick to do it. He's yeah. the, he's supposed to be the big shot. Um, all right. So two more bets. Well, I hit one last week. It was the, the Reddick over 0.5. Uh, took full advantage of that beginning of the season and starting to sweat a little bit, but he, uh, he made it. So that's done. We don't need to worry about that, but I do have another Reddick bet and it's a head to head season long bet. Tyler Reddick versus Christopher Bell. Obviously Reddick now just took the lead one zero. How do you think that one's going to play out the rest of the year? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, Cause I know that, 
I'm trying to look, trying to scramble here. I know that coming to last week, I'm pretty sure Christopher Bell was kind of really under the radar as far as speed is going. Yeah, so like in the last six races, he has a fourth average finish, 10th in driver rating. And then over his last 15 races, he's fifth in average finish, sixth in driver rating. So Christopher Bell is, is very much under the radar. I don't think people realize just how fast he has been. Um, you know, my bias here says Reddick just because sometimes all it takes is to get that get that one out of the way and the other will start the others will start flying um but yeah this one's definitely this one's definitely closer because i think christopher bell is is he's kind of due and he's he's right on the precipice here so hey but it might only it might only take that one though you never know well yeah i mean i I was thinking for a while that this was just going to end zero zero (laughs) so it's so huge that reddick took that one nothing lead because now you know you're you're in the driver's seat uh, but i agree with you about bell i've called bell out a few times this year last week included to to win Cl- called them both out last week to, mm-hmm. to win the race just because just because i have him in the long bet doesn't mean i can't take him in the outrights because he's showing speed yeah. like you said i'm not against him at all he, he's he's a guy who needs to step up for his own career really uh to kind of silence some of these like whispers and you know he's he's been doing okay so uh I'm nervous still because I think Bell could get on a hot streak, whereas I think Reddick's not going to win another one this year. Um, the last one that I have for you is another one that I'm up in, another head-to-head matchup, and it's Chase Elliott versus Denny Hamlin. I'm up 2-1 this year. How do you feel about that one? Oh, yeah, lock that one in. I mean, if you had the chance to even double down on that one, I would. <laughs> I mean, Really? Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Denny is, has been better than people think. And he has shown a lot of speed, but this just feels like it feels like Chase is really starting to kind of break out again this year. I mean, I know he's obviously already a champion, but uh, I mean, even just looking at my model this week for super speedway, I didn't expect for him to come out number one in the model that I have this week for Atlanta. So I just feel like every every week, Chase Elliott, you know, you look at even just the speed rankings for this year, I'm pretty sure he now is the leader in 2022 total speed, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm just kidding. It's Rush Chastain. But Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney are tied for second. Um so yeah, I think Chase, I think Chase is, I mean, I guess your only, your only fear is that Danny Hamlin came out, what was that, two or three weeks ago and said, you know, we, we're not racing for stage points, we're going for Hail Marys. So I guess that's one thing to be nervous about, because Chase is very comfortably sitting at the top and can just, you know, pick up stage breaks and stage points and not have to worry about the wins until the playoffs come around. Um, but no, I think, I think Chase is, that's an easy win for me. Good. Love to hear that. Seems like I'm, I'm. You know, according to you, the only one that I really have no shot at is Gibbs, but the others are still very much in play, if not a lock. So I'm I'm very happy about that. That would you know benefit me quite a bit. Uh, I I got into the season win total bets like via college football after uh-huh. like a big year, and ever since then I was like, damn, I I need the season bets because it makes the whole year like so interesting on top of the weekly stuff. Um, so. If this hits, I'll be, or if these hit, I'll be very, uh, a very uh, rich man, I guess you could say. Threw a didn't lot you, on them. <laughs> didn't you also have a centric over half too? Like very, very first race? That hit early. Yeah. yeah so that, yeah. that hit early. Yeah. So that was uh, because they originally didn't have Cindric on the, um, the books when they did the over unders for the season. And then, like, I, it was like 
right after they released the first lines, then they added him. They added a couple other guys. They added like 2311 racing um, to the mix with the team total. So they, they updated them, which was cool. So yeah, I hit Cendric early, um, which was nice, but then it, it's almost like so long ago, you're like, you know, who cares? Um, right. I, I erased it from my board because it's already hit. So right. um, I still have Reddick up there though, just for this week. Um <laughs> just gonna let that i'm gonna revel on that a little bit longer oh absolutely so we're gonna move to atlanta and uh you know I, I, i'm realizing you have a podcast to record tonight and i'm once again just like last week on yours i'm i'm talking in your ear off so i want to make sure that you can get to that and record your pod but um let's let's talk about your your thoughts on atlanta i'll, I'll lead into it here just to tee it up and then we'll we'll get to the uh face off here but going into Atlanta, number one, we were all kind of like sketchy. Like, is this really a super speedway? Like we didn't, I remember, I didn't really know how to model it. Right. I, I considered, I'm looking back at my stats. Uh, I had the last five races from Atlanta, the last five from Talladega and Daytona, mm-hmm. just to kind of group everything together. Now what we saw, that was super speedway racing, man. That's what it was. So, so um, my model, I'm, I, didn't want to kill myself it's impossible to really find like my typical site that i use for data doesn't have atlanta in the same ballpark as talladega and daytona so to just keep it simple for me high level i was just going the three races that we saw this year give me what that looks like average finish driver rating i have a stat that i made up called draft where it's you know one minus the other um so that's what i'm working with what are you going with this week to try to help you wrap your head around how to bet this race and um, what do you like or dislike about the odds that we're seeing, you know, early in the week about it? Yeah. So I, I, mine's very similar. I'm bringing in basically the last three years of Vega and Daytona. And then I'm bringing in this year's, um, obviously Atlanta, Daytona and, and Vega as well. Um, and then I did, so normally I do have my model does typically favor more historical data. So I try to bring as much current data as I can. Um, so I bring in like the last six rate, last six races, drive rate and average finish, last, last 15 races, drive rate and average finish. And then I also brought in um, super speedway total speed in 2022, super speedway green flag speed in 2022, and super speedway fastest late in a run in 2022 at super speedways, all from, you know, I fancy race. No, there's no better place to go for all those stats. Um, so yeah, I've got, I think my model's got like 16 different statistics coming in here. I try to get even, even little flow of historical super speedway data and current super speedway data that way i can kind of get as much as i as i could in here um and then right. overall for the betting board yeah we kind of we were texting about it earlier because we didn't even get odds until like what 2 p.m today yeah, um, was... but it, yeah it seems like the books did their homework i mean it feels like my model is very very close to what the books have i have very few what i like to call um you know the biggest values in the board where i typically one thing i like to do in my pod is i'll bet two guys that ranked very differently between my model and the board and which ones, which ones I think are going to change the most between now and Sunday. Um, so a little sneak peek is the two guys from here, Eric Jones and, and actually Truex. Truex was the other guy um, that I think the, the odds missed a little bit. So yeah, that's kind of where it's kind of where I stand. I'm excited about it because I feel like there are, we, we talked last week about like how it didn't really feel like you could, you know, say any of the bets, you know, were bad, right? Outright. Um, it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to say like, no, don't take that guy. And seeing what we saw at Atlanta last time around, seeing the way that there were so many different people 
fighting in the top five, getting knocked around, coming back up. It was just like Daytona, Talladega. This is real deal super speedway. Um, I think you can make the same case like some of these, you know, long shout outs. You mentioned Martin Truex Jr. He's plus 2000 right now. Um, Eric Jones is, is obviously, you know, when I hear Eric Jones, I think super speedways, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's further down the list at plus 4,000. So yeah, you're calling guys out. You'd be hard pressed to say like, you know, tell me why not, you know, cause there were a lot of guys in that first race in Atlanta that, uh, very easily could have stolen the show. Um, so I don't hate that. And it really is. It's tough to find someone where you're like, no, no chance. That guy has absolutely no chance to win this race or wherever top five, top 10. Um, so it, it will be fun to watch. And Atlanta, I have always been like, I'll pass. Like, you know, if it's me sitting on the couch on a Sunday and Atlanta's on like, okay, fine. But if it's like any sort of competition with anything else on TV, I'll, I'll that'll be my backup. Now, Atlanta has completely flipped the script for me. So uh, I'm very excited for this race on, on Sunday. This is going to be a, a really fun time. Yeah. And I only live, I only live about four hours from the track and I don't think I've ever really given thought before this year to going. And now I'm like, man, I might need to make that trip because oh, <laughs> this, this, this race, this race has become, it's become like a little mini Daytona in a sense. Um, and, you know, I think I was telling you earlier, and I'll talk about it on my podcast as well. But one thing I like to do for super speedways is it's, I like to do the spray and pray approach Pro Just, I'm not going to focus on many guys at the top. I'm going to probably do, you know, two thirds of my car is probably going to be on outrights and just throw it as many deep cuts as I can get. Cause you just never know. And, you know, we hit, we've, I've been lucky this year to hit, I had 25 to one on Cindric at, at the 500 and I had a 25 to one on Rosh Estain at um, Dega. So I'm looking for my third super speedway outright of the year. And so far this approach has worked. Love it. I love it. That is, uh, I'm telling you, I'm catching it at the perfect time, man. I'm going to capture this juju. I'm going to roll with it. Um, Need that magic. So I'm going to get my notepad out here in a second, but um, let's get into the face-off. So for anyone who's new to listen, maybe if you're a flag hunting pod fan, and this is the first time you've heard this podcast, anytime I have a guest on, um, if they're down to play ball, which uh, Chris, you always are, which is great. We do the the full tank face-off, which is typically where we have the, the guests choose a head-to-head matchup and whoever they like in that matchup, I get stuck with the other person, then I'll do the same. And then the guests will do a rubber match um, for the third matchup. But we experimented a little bit earlier this year with the Coke 600 when our guy Derek at Picks by Blaze was on. And he was interested in kind of experimenting a little bit with the concept of doing the group matchups because the 600 being such a long race, we said, all right, let's do a little bit of a like draft around the groups. Um, And that's what we're going to do tonight, Chris, with the super speedways, with guys getting kind of knocked out of the way, you know, the groups seem to kind of fit the billing. So I think when we get to the super speedways, if I have a guest on, that's going to be what I'm going to try to do. So we are using the DraftKings group picks uh, under the driver prop section, and we're going to use group B, C, and D. So I'm going to lay these out. All right. So there's four drivers in every group. And the way this is going to work is for group B, I'm going to let Chris go first. He's going to pick whoever he wants out of that matchup. I'm going to read the names of the drivers. Chris is going to make a choice, give a little reason why, then I'll go. Then Chris will go third and I'll go fourth. And then the second group will switch and then the fourth one, it'll go back to Chris. So that's the concept. 
Chris, am I explaining that well enough for you to follow along? Am I leaving anything out that uh, you think we need to, you know, disclose here? No, I think you explained it great. I mean, this is, I think I was, I sent you a message as soon as I listened to when you and Derek did this, because I was like, as a, as a guy who's a fancy football enthusiast, and that's what got me into kind of sports betting in the fancy world. This is, this is awesome. This is perfect. Great. I mean, yeah, I remember you sent me that message and, and I was nervous with Derek, but it, it was fun to do on the pod. I got people like yourself and, and some other people that said like, Hey, you know, that actually turned out pretty cool. And then in practice, like it, like actually, you know, watching the race with this in mind, I had an absolute ball. So like, you know, I know that you can't really do this uh, your, yourself, like through the sports book, but if, you could have a buddy that you want to do this with like at home. I highly recommend it because I had an absolute ball watching the Coke 600. So I anticipate the same thing um, on Sunday. So let's get to group B and we'll get you off to do your pod um, with Ian. So group B on DraftKings, the matchups that we have are Joey Logano. He's plus 260 to win the group. Kyle Larson plus 260. Kyle Bush plus 260 and Bubba Wallace plus 270. So the odds are essentially identical in this matchup or in this group. Um, so you get to go, I guess, technically you get to defer if you want, but I figure in this matchup or in this uh, format, you would want to go first. So uh, are you okay taking the, the first overall pick here for the group B? I am. I actually did give thought to letting you go first. Cause I was looking at the, I was looking at group C and thinking maybe I want to go first for that one, but I'm going to, I'll go first. I'll take the first. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty easily Joey Logano for me, uh, first overall here. Um, you know, the, the model I just spit out earlier, Joey Logano was is third overall in my model. Um, you know, he's got a driver rating of first over the last three years at Super Speedways. Um, at Atlanta specifically, he's had a driver, driver rating of fourth earlier this year. Uh, and then if you even look at, you know, just the 2022 Super Speedway uh, metrics that iFancy Racing provides, first in green flag speed and third late in a run for Joey Logano. So um, yeah, I mean, there are, there's some big names in this group, but I think Joey was, was easily the number one overall for group B. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a good pick. I mean, he's, he's a super speedway guy um, in my mind and, and he always shows up. So um, I, I think uh, it's not a bad pick. Um, he's, a little further down on my stats for the, the 2022 uh, like driver rating and average finish uh, the difference. I call it draft like driver rating minus average finish. He's a little further down than I would have thought, but I still think if I was in your position, I would have gone Logano. Um, I'm going to go with my pick the the three drivers left are Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush and Bubba. I'm actually going to go Bubba on this one. He's the underdog by a slight hair, but he's better than, all of these guys in my uh, 2022 stats here. So mark me down for Bubba. He was a, a factor late in the race at Atlanta um, earlier this year. We know that, you know, he's, he's always showing up at super speedways that the joke was, you know, he would always uh, be in it at the super speedways and nowhere else. Um, and I guess that's still technically true. So he's got to have this circled on his calendar. So I need some sort of action on Bubba. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, I think you made the right pick here. I mean, this is why I almost deferred to group B because I was thinking if I do go second, I could probably get Bubba. Um, and yeah, I have a rule on my podcast where if we're at super speed, we're betting Bubba. So you'll be hearing his name on my podcast later, later tonight. So um, I don't, I don't love the 12 to one number, but and Hey, I made a rule. I got to stick to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, he's, he's worth the, 
the pick just because like I said, he, if I always look to see like if guys have particular racetracks scheduled or circled on their calendar, like I need them for that. So if it comes out and they shit the bed, so be it. But like they're focused on it. That's their opportunity to do something special. So um, I need it on it. So you've got two left, the choice of the Kyles here, Larson or Bush. Who are you going to take as the third one in this group? I think I'm probably going to surprise you here because I'm surprising myself. Um, I'm going to go Larson actually. And I'm shocked by it because coming into super speedways, you don't anticipate, like there's a few guys you don't anticipate really betting just because their historical data is so bad. You know, Martin Truex being one and Larson really being the other They're They've been terrible, but this year has told a different story. Larson has actually been really good. Um, so far in total speed at super speed, he's second overall ninth in green flag speed, eighth fastest late in a run. And then if you even look at um, Atlanta, his finish wasn't, his finish wasn't great, but um, yeah, I just, I feel like even just from watching the race, we'll go back and watching the three. I went and watched all three races from this year at super speedways. It seemed like he was there in the mix. And I can't say that ever that he was ever like that in the past. Um, but yeah, just to kind of highlight the, the finishes for him this year. He is looking at, Oh, no, I can't he had a couple. He, he had a couple bad ones. Uh, yeah, thirtieth, thirty second, then fourth yeah. at Vega. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure the first two were both wrecks. So. Yeah, he um, got caught up. He got caught up. So yeah, I'm probably surprising you a little bit. I'm probably giving you one you didn't expect to have, but I think Larson's showing something different at Super Speedways this year. So I wonder if this car is is bringing him something new, some new life at Super Speedways. Yeah, I am. I am a bit surprised by it, um, but. Driver rating this year, the average driver rating for the three races, these two are, are right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the average finish, Kyle Busch, obviously, he's got two top tens on these uh, tracks, one top five. He finished third at Talladega. Um, so he beat Kyle Larson. Uh, sorry, he's he's two and one against Larson. They, they both had uh, shit days at Atlanta at the end of the day. Um, and, and Kyle Larson beat him out by like, just a couple um, – 30th plus place spots but average finish kyle bush i'm happy to to take him as like my you know last guy in this group um i think that you know their season has been pretty similar honestly uh if you're looking at them like stat wise and and the way that they're um been with speed and and everything so uh this will be an interesting one so i'm fine taking kyle bush the the I said that they're close in driver rating. He's still uh, slightly better in the average driver rating this year. So um, I will take that all day and night. So to recap, we've got Logano and Larson for Chris, and I've got Bubba and Kyle Busch for group B in the DraftKings matchups. All right. So that's group number one. Now group C, this is where I'm going to go first. It is Denny Hamlin, plus 230. He is the favorite in this matchup. Then we've got Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, both plus 260, and then Christopher Bell, plus 300. So, all right. This is a this is a tough one to go first on, Chris. Like, to you know, you probably made the right choice. I know you were saying, like, you might want to go first on uh, this one instead, but this is not an easy pick. Uh, by any means, because I'm going to go with the one that is my like default answer. And it's Denny Hamlin, 
because of his super speedway experience. He was, you know, in the mix at Atlanta last time around. He hasn't gotten finishes this year. Um, he finished 29th in Atlanta, but he was he was there. Like, he, you know, got caught up into some stuff. He finished eighth at Daytona, which is basically like his, you know, bread and butter. And then 18th at Talladega. You know, not the best super speedway season thus far for Hamlin, but he has just made a name for himself on these types of tracks. So uh, he's the favorite in this matchup for a reason. The sports books clearly see that as well. So uh, even though I can make a case for others, I'm anxious to see who you're going to go with as the second pick here. I'm just taking Hamlin by default as a, you know, default super speedway guy. So who are you taking number two? Yeah, I, I actually kind of disagree. I think I think Hamlin was the far easiest pick for Group B. This is why I kind of wanted to potentially default was because I think Hamlin was was the easy one here. Because I, I think these next three, any of them could be picked second. To be honest with you, um, so I know who I want next. So I'm anxious to see who you're going to go with. Interesting. Okay, because I'm still I, I'm sitting here staring at my model like who do I want to go with here next? Um, I think I don't have a Toyota yet, so I'm going to go. I'm going to Christopher Bell um i don't yeah yeah i i don't i don't love it but i do think toyotas do tend to run very well together at super speedways they're not quite on the ford level but when you've got denny hamlin and bubba kind of leading the charge um, we did see christopher bell up front last time we were here for a little bit i believe he led um a good bit of laps if i'm not mistaken 16 laps last time we were here um so yeah, I, I don't feel I don't feel great about it. He does have sixth. He is sixth fastest in uh, late in a run at Super Speedway since 2022. And like we said earlier, he's been sneaky fast all year long. You know, fourth in driver rating, or sorry, tenth in driver rating over the last uh, six races, and sixth in driver rating over the last 15, um, and eleventh in driver rating last time we were here in Atlanta. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go see Bell. So I'm curious to see. I saw you nod your head like you got your guy. So I don't think that was who you were going after. So I'm going to have some action down on Christopher Bell this week in some way, shape, or form. I haven't figured out how yet. Maybe an outright, maybe a, a top 10 if I can get a number on him. Because that's the fun thing about this week is they are treating it like a super speedway, so you can can't get top 10 numbers. Um, I'm waiting for the barstool lines to come out on that, obviously, as you should. I'm going Daniel Suarez on this one. Um, okay. I, I did not want Redick, and I did not want Bell, just because all three races this year – those three guys just did not get the finishes. Um, Suarez was a factor in this race. Like I went back, rewatched the highlights from last year to just kind of like wrap my head around, Hey, what are we getting back into? And Suarez was there like for most of the race, not saying that the other guys didn't show uh, something, but you know, at super speedways, the name of the game is just like finish, finish the race. And if you're on the lead lap and there's a late, caution and you get a restart or something you can improve your position if your car is good enough whereas if you're out of the race there's nothing you can do so the reddick and, and christopher bell you know their finishes are, are all outside of the top 20 this year on uh super speedway races whereas suarez finished fourth at atlanta 12th at daytona he did finish 31st in the most recent one at talladega but um is you know average finish is solid 14th but it's better than those other two and their driver ratings I mean, Christopher Bell has them beat in driver rating on average driver rating for the season on these racetracks, but it's just by a smidge. So I'd rather take the guy who has proven he can get it done. And on top of that, Daniel Suarez, against my 
better judgment or, you know, I would have never expected it. He's hot right now. Like he's got mm-hmm. a lot going on. So I'm, I'm taking uh, Suarez in that one. Yeah, so, no, I can't, I can't argue. Like I said, I think, I think all three of these guys could easily been the second pick here, at least for me. And, and so, yeah. you get stuck with Ruddick there, the, the current, uh, you know, champ from last week. So how do you feel about that? I mean, you can't hate it as a fan, right? I mean, uh, to, to get just have Reddick fall my lap, sure, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't say I never did anything for you. I gave you your favorite yeah. guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so Reddick is definitely not a super speedway guy. So um, there's that. Now I will say, um, and I have, I'm pulling this from my Dega notes because I had, did have him as a. I think I had a prop bet on him at Dega. Um, he has finished between fifth and seventh in three of the last seven super speedway races. So. If you're talking kind of like we did with Suarez with, hey, you just got to be there. You just got to get a good finish. Uh, I think Reddick is the guy who's – he kind of always does run up there, and he has been involved in wrecks just about every race this year. But, you know, if, if that luck turns around and, hey, it might have just turned around at Road America and he can just be there, I could I could steal, steal a little victory here. Yeah. No, there's – like I said, it's hard to say <clears throat> no to people. Um it's just about finding reasons why you like other people more. So I, I, I could easily see uh, Reddick winning this matchup because if you get caught up in something stupid, there were so many wrecks last year, so many people caught up in not other people's problems. Um, I anticipate that happening again, just like, you know, the bigger track. So uh, we'll see, we'll see if, you know, Reddick, this is going to be a big race. Just a side note, this is going to be a big race for a lot of these guys that we talked about who, you know, haven't had good finishes on these super speedways as we get to Daytona in a few weeks, as we get to Talladega in the regular season, when we try to handicap those races to say, you know, maybe the first three were, were just fluke and, and now they're starting to turn around or, you know, somebody like Suarez, right. If he's hot now um, you know, if he's got that good form recently and he, he goes out and performs really well, like, okay, that's something to, to look for. Is he still hot going into these former or these uh, later races down the road? Um, because you're grasping at straws. You're trying to find that edge. What's the thing to, to look at? So um, this is going to be a big race, I think, to see you know what to expect, at least at Daytona in a, a few weeks. Maybe Talladega is too far out. Um, I think it's like October usually. So mm-hmm. might be too far away. But Daytona's right around the corner, man. So this is a, a big one to look for. Um, so we'll end it out with Group D. And... There's a couple names in here that we've already talked about. We've got Martin Truex Jr. plus 220. He is the biggest favorite that we've seen out of all of these groups. Uh, the next best guy is Kurt Busch plus 270, Alex Bowman plus 270, and then Kevin Harvick is plus 290. He's uh, the second biggest underdog that we've seen, uh, Chris Revell being the, pers- the first at plus 300. So uh, who do you like? I think I can guess where you're going to go with this one, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So who are you taking first in this group draft? So actually, I don't think you're going to know where I'm going with this one. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to Alex Bowman. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm blown away. I'm blown I, away. Yeah, I'm blowing myself away. I know. Um, and I'm going to be talking about him on my podcast, actually. I think we're actually going to be in on, in on him on the Flag Hunt pod this week. Uh, my general rule with Alex Bowman is he always wins when you never see it coming. And for some reason, this just feels like that kind of week. Um, he finished 10th at Atlanta this year and 9th at Dega. So he's kind of, he's just been right there. He 
He's fifth in total speed at super speedways this year and eighth in, at, in, uh, in total speed late in a run at super speedways. I just, like I said, I just, I have a feeling about Alex Bowman this week and Chevys are always quick in qualifying at super speedways. So, you know, I know qualifying doesn't really mean much, but I wouldn't be surprised just even from an outright perspective to see Bowman's odds change the most between now and Sunday. So even just from an odds value perspective, I think Bowman is, is worth the shot. So little, probably a little bit of a shocker for the group betting here, but I'm going to, like I said, I just, something I've got a feeling this week and I had a feeling last week. So we're going to ride that feeling, that gut feeling uh, one more week. I like it. I like it. I mean, you definitely blew me away there uh, because of the case that you made for the guy that I'm going to choose, which is Martin Truex. Um, Truex is towards the top of, you know, the board for my stats here. I mean, he finished eighth in Atlanta earlier, 13th at Daytona, fifth at Talladega. He's second in average finish in the three races that we've got so far this year. And you say, well, maybe they were flukes. Not so much. His driver rating was, you know, top five as well. Um, averaged out for all three of those racetracks. So, uh, I think he's plus 220, a heavy favorite in this matchup for a reason. He's He seems to be able to, you know, get it um, to the finish line. So give me Truex, uh, because if you're saying like, well, you know, the retirement stuff and, you know, he's distracted and all that, these stats are from this year. Like, it's not like this is from, you know, previous season. So um, I know you liked him as an outright. I I like him in a number of different ways this week. So uh, I'll definitely take him. I feel like he gave me a gift here. So uh, I will take him. It's a gift because I like whoever I get stuck with at this point. Um, So I'm going to turn it over to you uh, between the two drivers that are left here, which are Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick. So who are you going to go with between those two? Yeah, this one's tough for me because they are like, literally back-to-back in my model. Um, I think they're both – I think they're both fine picks, to be honest with you. I, I would almost – there's I would almost prefer almost any of these four over, like, Reddick in the last group. And I know it's crazy because I'm a Reddick fan, but I just – I think these are, all, these are all solid picks. Um, I think I'm going to lean – yeah, I'm going to go Kurt Busch. I'm going to go Kurt. Um his, he finished third at Atlanta, right? I think I have yep. that right. Yep. Um, and uh, ninth in total speed so far in 2022 at these super speedways. Um, and like, yeah, I think I brought up last week, even the road courses, Kurt's just a guy who he always kind of seems to just be there at the end. And that can be very important for a super speedway as well. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kurt here. He's the right choice. I, I was hoping I got left with him. Um, he, for whatever reason, I know it's not, the Atlanta of the past, but like he does well at Atlanta mm-hmm. and he went out and finished third and, and kind of proved like, Hey, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. Like, this is the place that I like to rent the place that I like to be. Um, so yeah, I think he he's decent. He's, he's top 10 and, and you know, the, the stats that I'm looking at this week. Um, so I'm, I'm getting left with Kevin Harvick trying to find him uh, on my board right now. The fact that I can't find him immediately is nerve wracking. He's 24th in average finish in the three races. Um, he finished 21st at Atlanta last time, 30th at Daytona, got caught up in some stuff there, but 10th at Talladega. So I guess the the shining um, you know, silver lining, I guess, is the fact that more recently um, he had a top 10. Um, pulling up his, his driver rating stats. Let me see if anything looks a little bit better. 
pretty similar. You know, he's 17th in driver rating, the average uh, across the board there, whereas Kurt beats him handily in that as well. So you made the right choice between the two. I think uh, this is a situation where who of these two would be caught up in anything? Who can avoid, you know, somebody else's mess? And, you know, if you do get caught up with it, which team do you trust to be able to, you know, get them back out there and, and keep going? So I think you made the right choice. But to recap this one, we've got uh, – oops, I didn't write this down yet. So so I got Bowman and Kurt, and you've got Truex Harvick. Okay. My face was away from the mic as I was writing that down, so I didn't want to have some bad radio here. So uh, thank you for filling that in. And uh, I don't know if I gave a recap of our third – or our second group. So you have Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick, and I have Denny Hamlin and Daniel Suarez. So this will be fun. I'm telling you, Chris, as you're watching the race, if you're following along with this, you're going to think you have a matchup locked up. Somebody's going to wreck and you're going to go, okay, cross his name out. And then he'll be back. Like, where did he come from? And then all of a sudden the whole, whole bet is uh, thrown off. So this will be fun. I hope it works out, you know, similar fashion as we, we saw with the 600. I hope um, this was a, a fun thing for people to listen to. Let us know who you like. Obviously, I'll put the, the graphic out there to fill people in on, you know, who has who and uh, put it up for a vote. See who is going to come out victorious. So um, that's that's perfect. Any final thoughts on that or, you know, transitioning to kind of final thoughts on the race weekend overall? Uh, so I guess one thing you didn't bring up yet, I'm surprised you didn't, but this is a big, you realize this is a big matchup, right? Because last the first time I was on your pod, I swept you 3-0. Then I came on again this year, you swept me 3-0. So this is the rubber match. This is, this is huge. This is absolutely enormous. I cannot believe, I actually was thinking about that earlier today because I was thinking like, how am I doing on these? Like, I'm generally doing pretty well. You were the first ever loss I ever took last year at Daytona. Um and the fact that we're going to another super speedway, I'm a little nervous, but the group matchup, I think kind of levels the playing field there. Um, so yeah, this is absolutely enormous because not only will someone win the, the, you know, two to one rubber match, but they're going to take like the overall lead in the, the amount of bets one. Uh, Cause right now it's three, three. So right. uh, very, very good point. And uh, yeah, that's, that's man didn't realize how big of a deal this was so <laughs> I, I know i gotta have you on at least one more time the you know through between now and the end of the year i mean you know but um if i lose it'll be pretty damn quick because i'm gonna want to tie that up pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> so yeah good point good point but yeah so i guess other overarching thoughts i guess for atlanta um i haven't had a total ton of time to kind of break down everything as we mentioned earlier since we kind of got some things late today um but yeah i think for right now i'm looking at like probably one or two outright bets at the top and then I, like i said i'm just spraying and praying at the back i mean i'm probably going to lay something on on truex and bowman and almarola and stenhouse eric jones i mean like just lay them out for me we're going to hit a lot of those long shots on the flag hunting pod this week so i don't know if you're taking a similar approach or not but that's what i like to do this is that's what makes these races fun for me the super speedways is Get as much as you can, as many as you can. Quality over quantity this week. I, yeah, I am taking it. Typically on super speedway weeks, I 
try to zero in. It's really tough. I, I always like to have three guys that I talk about on the podcast and it's right. tough for me to zero in on them. But then once I kind of find them, I, I really go all in and I say, all right, these are my guys. And then I'll find, you know, the prop bets, the top tens, the, the drivers, um, head to heads and all that. But uh, as the weekend starts to get closer, I will do some spray and pray like, okay, you know, even the day of, I'll be like, oh my God, it's 12 o'clock. I got to throw something in on this guy. <laughs> like just to have, you know what I mean? Cause, cause you, you don't want to be left down in the rain. So uh, that typically is where I end up is the the spray and pray on Sunday. Even though I try to like really zero in on, on certain guys earlier in the week, that's really as the week unfolds, I kind of get there. So um, yeah, I like it. And the fact that we're doing the, the full tank face off with the group bets really opens it up for the the head to heads this week. Cause um, that'll be something that, you know, we can throw out there on Instagram or Twitter or whatever to, to kind of play with as well. Um, there's a lot out there and uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, maybe this is a week. Are you considering like practice qualifying a big deal? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, like the most, I think every week other than super speedways, I try to save like a third of my card to wait till after practice qualify, but super speedways, I could care less. I I'll bet my whole card, but before Saturday, probably. I know there's still a piece of me that's like, well, it's still Atlanta, but but it's not yeah, though. I keep I need not. to like force <laughs> myself so far away from that um, that thought process. So yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. Like it's really not going to tell us much. Um, it's, it's a narrow Daytona, is what it is now, <laughs> and and it's fun i mean i yeah. hope i really hope that it gives us the same type of racing this time around i don't know why it wouldn't uh but you know we'll uh if it does you you better be buying your tickets uh, as soon as next year's date comes out and, and what makes it interesting too i think this time around is we already saw a lot of tire trouble the last time we were here it seems like every time they were hitting that groove we saw multiple flats i mean we saw reddick have a flat when he was in the lead um i think briscoe had a flat but now you're adding in like a hundred plus temperatures this weekend on a new asphalt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what transpires with the tires this weekend. Fantastic point. Um, that is, you know, and it sucks. That's, that's a reason for the spray and pray approach, honestly, for gamblers out there, because it would suck to, to, to go all in on somebody, you know, like Blaney or, or somebody that I like um, to win the race and then have something like that happen. You know, Reddick last year, or excuse me, earlier this year, had that flat tire and that put him, that screwed him. You know what yeah. I mean? And it wasn't, yeah. you can't really blame them for it. Uh, it's kind of just, uh, you know, a combination of their fault and an act of God. So we got to, it would suck to really have all your eggs in one basket. The spray and pray approach is definitely more conducive to, to that type of uh, atmosphere for sure. So good right. point on the tires. All right, Chris. Well, I have kept you very long, um, but I appreciate you to jump on. Um, any closing thoughts to, to sign us out? I don't think so. I'm just, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited to keep up with this group betting. Like I said, I, I reached out to you as soon as you do it with Derek, because I thought this was so fun. So, and, you know, like you said earlier, you know, I think people can do this within their friend groups and you can just, you can have an absolute blast with, with super speed racing. I always try to convince people. I know there's a lot of people in the betting world that, and in the industry who absolutely hate super speedway racing because there's nothing you can really firmly plant your ground on. And, but for me, it's easiest to talk to my friends who are not NASCAR fans into watching a super speedway race. Cause you're going to be on the edge of your seat, the entire race. You don't know what's going to happen. 
I, I, I think they're so much fun. So I'm excited. And there's, there's a reason why I chose to come on your pod during an A Super Speedway because I love these races. So, yeah. And, and you have that advantage from Daytona last year. You know, that's your, that's your niche in the face off. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Tell your friends about this race because it, it's going to look really cool to them. A smaller racetrack than Daytona, it, you know, it's basically just a like Thunderdome in there. So, um, this this is definitely something that could catch on and, and get people into NASCAR betting for sure. So great stuff, Chris. I really appreciate it. As always, always good to talk with you, man. And um, we will definitely be in touch um, later this year for sure. You know, playoffs get here or um, close to it. Got to have you back on for that stuff. Absolutely. Just let me know. We'll do another home and home. Perfect. That sounds good to me. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. So that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Chris, from the Flag Hunting Podcast for joining us. Make sure you give him a follow and a listen. Follow their podcast every week for golf and NASCAR content. Let's get it done this week at Atlanta. Line our pockets and get ready to go back to short, flat track racing next week at New Hampshire. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week. Place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go.